Jesus, that you would open the floodgate and pour out a blessing upon us today, Father. I pray that your angels be in this place to minister to us, Father, as we minister to you. God, I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that your healing virtues will begin to flow, God. I pray that faith will rise, oh Jesus. God, and as we worship the only and the greatest name, and that is Jesus, we worship you today, Father, giving you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just shout the name of Jesus right now? Why don't we just shout the name of Jesus right now? Come on, no matter your circumstance, the name of Jesus can get you out of anything. The name of Jesus can heal your body uh, when the doctor said that there's no way. Uh, the, only the name of Jesus can bring you out. Hallelujah.
Thank you. 
believing for greater things today unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us God is able to exceed your expectations today God is able to meet all of your needs maybe not all of your greeds but all of your needs hallelujah and this wonderful presence of God and this worship atmosphere. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. So the presence of the Lord is here. I have several requests up here. Brother Orlando is sick today and needs a touch from God. Anastasio Boco is in the hospital, needs a special touch from Brother Andre is going to be going in for a procedure tomorrow. So let's lift up Brother Andre in prayer. God would work in that situation. Marjorie Carmen family needs a special prayer. Also, baby Micah Cadiz needs a touch from God today. She's sick. So let's just continue to lift up those needs. If you have a special need, these altars are open. The ministry team will pray for you if you'd like. If not, raise your hands and let's just reach out to him right now. Lord Jesus, we know that you're the healer. We know that your word is true. My God, we pray right now that you stretch forth your hand and heal. Stretch forth your hand and deliver, Lord. Meet every need in this house, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We lift up Brother Andre before you. We pray that you touch him and strengthen him, Lord. We pray, Lord, for baby Micah, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Continue to worship with the praise team today. Amen. Let's continue to call on the name of Jesus. The name of the above every name, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. All the glory, all the honor belongs to you, God. We praise you, Lord Jesus.
exalted now You alone are holy And the praise is yours And the praise is yours You're the one we bow before Jesus Reigning over
hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. All the earth will shout your praise. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. This bones will sing. Praise are you, Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. This bones will sing.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated, please. So glad that you're in the house of the Lord with us. Amen. Glad to have my granddaughter here, our granddaughter and our grandson-in-law. God bless you, Jeremy and Jason. We're glad that you're here. Amen. We have other guests. Abraham, we're glad you're with us. We're glad y'all are all here. We're glad that Jesus showed up, aren't you? Amen. And if you're a guest here and you don't have a church home, you just found one. Welcome home. Welcome home. We love you at Praise Tabernacle. We're glad that you're here. And uh, I want to remind you that just over two weeks away from now, the 20th of November is our annual Thanksgiving dinner. You do not want to miss that. Dinner will begin at 6 o'clock. If you come at 6.30, you're getting leftovers. We're going to have dinner at 6. We're going to have fun, food, and entertainment. Brother Terry Vick will be with us that night, and we are going to have a wonderful, wonderful time of fellowship. And uh, if you don't know what to do and you want to bring something, see Sister Bang Marada or see Sister Aber, and they will talk with you about it. Also, this Tuesday, this Tuesday is voting day. I implore you to vote. I believe it is your responsibility as a Christian to vote. Well, how do you get that? Because God said that he would give us certain rights and obligations. You cannot put off things and say, well, I'll let somebody else do it and then God will just have his way. What do you think God has you here for? So, be mindful of that this Tuesday. If you've not voted, go stand in line and vote. I don't care how long you have to stand there. And... Um, we gave you a, a site last week, christianvoterguide.org, that you can, can look up and see. You need to find out what people stand for. You need to stand for righteousness. You need to vote for righteousness. As a Christian, we all need to vote for righteousness. Amen. Right now, our usher team is coming to give you an opportunity to give in an offering. If you want to give electronically, our church secretary is in the back. She has a card reader. You give online at ptlv.org. God bless you as you give today. Jesus, thank you for every blessing. God, you've been good to your children. You promised to meet every need. I ask you right now, bless the gift and the giver. Use it all for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. God bless you as you give today.
You're still here today. The devil said you'd never make it this far. The devil said you'd never live to see another sunrise. But I came to tell somebody today, the devil's not in control. God's in control. It's what God says that will matter. It's what God says that will determine. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I came to preach to somebody today. John chapter 15, verse number 5. John 15 and 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. Let's get this understanding right away. It's kind of like any of you remember the, the little comic that used to be this guy, this little boy had this big dog about this big called Marmaduke. I think my favorite comic of that series was when he set that, he was standing on a curb and the dog was sitting down in the road so he could get eyeball to eyeball with him. He said, let's get one thing straight. You're my dog, I'm not your boy. He wanted that dog to understand something. He was still in control. I think that's the way that this verse that John was writing, he said, I need you to understand, I'm the vine, you're the branch. Now that we have that understood, he said, if he that abideth in me, in other words, he that hangs on, he that grafts in, he that becomes part of, he that receives his nourishment from, he that lives in, he that stays attached to. What happens when you cut a branch off a tree? The tree dies? Branch dies. You know, some people come to church and think, you know what? If I leave this place a fold, honey, let me tell you something. I'm pastor here, and if I leave, it ain't going to fold. Because it ain't built on me, and it ain't built on you. It's built on him. It's built on Jesus. So Jesus wanted them to understand. He said, if he abideth in me, and I in him. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. How many of you know that marriage is made up of compromise? How many of you fellas learned the two magic words? Yes, honey. Yeah, okay, hello. <laughs> well, if you hadn't learned that yet, hang around. I'll teach you those. They work real good. It's really not hard. It's no harder than saying, I'm sorry. Those other two magic words. Now, some of y'all never learned those either. I can tell. But Jesus wants us to understand it's a two-way street. You abide in me. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I can't do this. I, no, 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 no. It's a two-way street. He said, you abide in me. I'm going to abide in you. 
Now, wait a minute. When He abides in us, what happens? He gives us the power and the authority to be the sons of God. Do you understand that? Uh, when He puts that authority in you, uh, you have a right to speak to the mountain and tell the mountain to move. Uh, get out of your way. Uh, you have the authority to speak to sickness and disease uh, and bind it in the name of Jesus and tell it to get out of the way. Why? Because I abide in Him and He abides in me. But He didn't stop there. He said, and you're going to bring forth much fruit. Then he makes it crystal clear. For without me, you ain't nothing. Look at your neighbor. Say, without Jesus, you ain't nothing. Look at your other neighbor. Say, that means you too. I can tell you right now, without Jesus, I'm a big nothing. I told my wife this morning, we were on the way to church. She said something about, you look sharp. I said, baby, I tell everybody, when you dress me up, I always look good. I said, without you, I ain't nothing. I said, with you, I ain't much, but without you, I ain't nothing. We laughed about that as we talked and drove down the road, but I'm going to tell you something, without Jesus, we ain't nothing. I want to preach a little while today to somebody and somebody here that needs this. Somebody here needs this. I want to preach on the, the incredible power of nothing. The incredible power of nothing. Dear Jesus, thank you today for your word. Thank you for these wonderful people that have come to hear your word. God, I pray you'll anoint your servant right now and anoint our ears to hear from heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated, please. Think about it just a minute. Nothing. Linguists have struggled for years to come up with a definition of nothing. Think about it. No thing. Nothing. Not anything. Nothing. Something that does not exist. Nothing. You see, we may not be able to define it, define it, but we sure know what it is. It's nothing. It's emptiness. It's a void. It's just not there. We know what it's good for. Good for nothing. It's just nothing. It, it's helpless. It's hopeless. You can't make something out of nothing unless you're God or the IRS. They're the only two I know that can make something out of nothing. You see, that's our view of nothing. But God has a different concept of nothing. You see, for God, nothing is all the raw material He needs to do something. When God sees nothing, He sees potential. He stood on nothing, and He spoke to nothing, and said, let there be, and there was. He didn't need any 
anybody to help him. He didn't need anybody to supply anything else. He was God. I need you to understand something today. You may feel like you're nothing, but God said you were something. People may have told you for a long time you were nothing, but God said you were something. I'm here to tell you that God doesn't make any junk. God doesn't make any junk. Uh, you're not a mistake today that you're in the house of God because God said, uh, get to my house and I'll take your nothing and make something out of it. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes we look at our situations and we say, God, you can't do anything with that. Be careful. Be careful. When God speaks to nothing, something always happens. He spoke to a storm where the disciples were at a place they did not think they would ever be able to survive, and he said, peace, be still. And that raging storm became nothing. You see, I'm talking about a God that blows your mind because he's so much bigger and greater than what we are, and we don't understand it. When he speaks to a disease, that disease has to go. Brother Abraham, when the doctor says it's leukemia and it's in the fourth stages, that means there's nothing they can do, but then that nothing becomes something in the hands of God. When God says, I'll wash your blood and you won't have any sign of leukemia. Why? Because God is still God. Brother Joe, when a doctor tells your pastor and your wife you won't make it through the night, and God said, oh, yes, you will, and how many years later, you're still here, and the doctor said it wasn't going to happen, and God said it will happen. Why? Because he's God. Brother Aber's first encounter with leukemia happened when he was pastoring in Pennsylvania, and he, had, uh, he told me the story, and I'm going to relate it. And if I get it wrong, he can straighten it out later. But this is the way I heard it. He'd gone to the doctor, and they told him, you got leukemia. And so he asked the doctor, well, can't you wash my blood? You know, with all this new modern technology, just run it out of this arm into a machine, clean it out, run it in this arm, and we'll be good. And the doctor said, you can't wash your blood. Now, he didn't tell anybody. But he went to New York to preach a meeting with leukemia. And a little Jamaican lady, is that way I understood it? He done prayed for everybody in that congregation. And trust me, they all wanted to be prayed for. When you work with Latin Americans, they all want to be prayed for. And he done prayed for everything. He ain't got a dry stitch of clothes on him. He done prayed for everybody. And he comes back up on the platform, and he's about to give it up. And this little lady walks up to him, and he thinks, okay, she wants me to pray for her. And she looks at him and says, can I pray for you? Sure. The words she said, Jesus, wash his blood. The same words he'd spoke to a doctor and he said, you can't do it. Uh, let me tell you something. God 
did do it. When he went back, the doctor said, this can't be. This can't be. You can't do that. God said, oh, yes, I can. I can speak to nothing until it becomes something. I can speak to something until it becomes nothing. I'm preaching to somebody today. You got to get through some nothings to get to your something. You're going to have to get through some nothings to get to your something. Some of you want a healing in your body and your spirit today, but you've already made up your mind there's nothing anybody can do for you. Uh, I'm here to tell you today, God can take away your problem today. Uh, God can take away your sickness today. Uh, God can take away your addiction today. God can take away your failure today, uh, but you've got to give it to Him. He's not going to come and drag it out of you. You're going to bring it to him. You see, when he speaks to nothing, something always happened. The Bible tells a story in the book of Mark. I'm going to try to go quickly. Mark chapter 5. Read for me. Uh, Begin with about verse number 25, if you will. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years. Everybody say 12 years. That's a long time to be sick. That's a lot longer time to be passing blood. You hear me? That leaves you anemic. That leaves you weak. That leaves you washed out. I have a blood problem. I do not, my blood does not produce iron. It won't assimilate iron into my body. I don't know why it won't. But every four years or so, the doctor says, you got to go, and I have to go to this cancer clinic, and I sit there, and they pump this iron into me. All these sick folk were around me. The first time I went there, I said, now God, I don't know why I'm doing here. I'm not sick. I don't feel bad, but they told me I had to do it because iron wouldn't even register on my blood test. I mean, it registered like nothing. I'm preaching about nothing. That's what my blood test said when it came to iron. Nothing. Matter of fact, it, it shook everybody up. Well, you don't have any, You ought to be Man, you, you ought to feel bad. You ought to be passed out. No, I feel good. You want to play football? I'm feeling great. Let's just play some football. I'm feeling good. You can't feel good. You don't have any iron in your body. Finally, the doctor said, you got to go and get some iron. So I didn't know they were going to send me to a cancer clinic. I'm sitting in there hoping I don't catch nothing. And they tell me I got to sit there for like three or four hours in this recliner. They bring me snacks. They bring me juice. I mean, it ain't so bad. Feed me, I'm always happy. And I'm laid back there and I'm saying, okay, God, what am I doing here? And God said, look around you. And I realized it's like hunting on a baited field. Everybody was a prospect in there. I promise you, in that room where they had like 12 people sitting around in there in recliner, they wasn't one atheist, I don't believe. If they was, I didn't find them because every one of them wanted me to pray for them. Every one of them wanted me to pray for them. Two of the nurses came over and wanted me to pray for them. Why? Because God put me where he wanted me. You see, God can take your nothing uh, and make something out of it. Uh, and the minute you feel like you're all of that in a bag of chips, God will take that bag of chips and make you nothing. He said, if you abide in me and I abide in you. He said, but don't you forget, without me, you can do nothing. And here was a little lady for 12 years. 
She'd had an issue. Read. And she suffered many now, some, things. Some of you had issues a lot longer now. You hear me? Some of you still dealing with issues from your childhood. Hello. Some of you are dealing with issues that you just never felt loved like anybody else. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Some of you weren't raised up. You were jerked up. Okay? But the fact is, you're still here. The fact is, you're still standing. They just sang about it. You hear me? The fact is, you're still standing. Uh, that's the reason I wanted that song. Uh, I want somebody to understand something. It's not a mistake that you're here today. Uh, God intended for you to be here today. Uh, God brought you to this place today uh, to tell you uh, he still had something he wanted to do with you. I came as a mouthpiece for somebody today from God. He wants you to understand he still loves you. The incredible power of nothing. The Bible says that for 12 long years she was sick. She had this issue. Read. And suffered many things from many physicians, and she spent all that she had, and nothing was bettered. <laughs> you know, the only thing worse than having to go to the doctor is having to pay for it. It didn't do you any good. You're talking about being frustrated. You went and paid good money and didn't get nothing. Bible said she only got worse. That's what it says. But brother grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, <laughs> she said, I'm a nothing, I'm a nobody, but somebody's coming down the road. Uh, I'm telling somebody today, you didn't make a mistake walking into Praise Tabernacle today. God knew who was going to be here. God knew what you was going to need. Uh, and you walked into this house, uh, and God said, I'll take your nothing and make something out of it today. I'll take your nothing and turn it around today. Oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost is in the house right now. I feel like God's here right now. He's touching somebody saying, I want to do something in your life. I feel the same anointing right now that I felt, Brother Albert, the day you walked into the church. What year was it that you walked into the church? In the year 2000, 18 years ago, that man walked in. We were having church at the World Trade Center Hotel. And when he walked into church that day, there was something inside of him. He'd been a drunk. He'd have been a bad guy. He'd been all these. He could tell you his life story. I won't tell it to you today. But I'm here to tell you, he'd always felt rejected and left alone. But when he walked in that day, he found Jesus. And he found him with all of his heart. He jumped into that baptistry and said, I want to get baptized right now. He didn't bring more clothes. He didn't care. I had to make him take his shoes off before he got in with his shoes on. I think he had his billfold in his pocket. That man wanted to get buried in Jesus' name. I feel that same spirit in here right now. Somebody came to this house today. Uh, the devil's lied to you long enough. Uh, he's held you long enough. Uh, it's time for you to understand God loves you. Uh, you're not a mistake and you're not a reject. Uh, you're a child of the God. Uh, you're a child of the King. Uh, Jesus loves you today. Come on and clap your hands to the Lord. Second Kings chapter 4, the Bible tells a story. A lady came to, came to the man of God. 
and said, I got a problem. Read verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets of Elisha, saying. Notice she cried. Read. Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him Now my listen. Read that sons. again. Go back and read that again. Thy servant. Read. My husband. Read it. My husband's dead. No, no. Go back just before that. Thy servant, my husband, Thy servant. is dead. He was the preacher's assistant. He was the associate pastor. He was on the pastoral staff. He was a good guy. He was a good guy. Read it. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And, and you now know that he loved God. And he did what? He feared the Lord and what? The creditors come to take he my said, two sons he into bondage. God, but now the creditors have come. Bill collectors beating on my door. What am I going to do? I ain't got nothing. Read on. And Elisha said unto her, What do you want me to do? What Tell do you want me. me to do? He said, I'm broke too. Oh, you guys want to be preachers. It's one of the hazards that comes with the job, okay? <laughs> You're always giving it away or somehow. You never get My wife said, let me hang on to the money. We'll have a little money. I said, why, honey? She's because you're going to give it away. <laughs> Sister Abra has to control the brother Abra. I, I just, you know, I got the place. I, if I give him something, I just give it to her. It's, safe, it's safer for both of them that way. Tight, but it's right. What do you want me to do for what you? you? Tell me. me. What Read. do you have in your house? Here, what do you have in your house? Read. And she said, Thy handmaid hath not anything in the house. A handmaid hath not anything, nothing, not anything, nothing, save a pot of oil. Now, let me tell you something. You may look at your situation and say, I don't have anything. What am I going to give God? A broken down old body, a broken down old mind, a broken down old spirit. What am I going to give God? You give him what you got. You give him everything you have. And you let God decide what he can do with it. Because you see, what God can do with an old bucket is he can turn it around and turn it inside out and make something beautiful. We used to sing a song that says, Something beautiful. Something good, all of my confusion, Jesus understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful out of my life. You may come to God today and say, I don't have anything to give to you, God. I have nothing to give to you but brokenness. God, I have nothing to give to you but failure. God said, that sounds good to me. Just bring it to me. Just bring it to me. Just bring it to me. Just put it in my hand uh, and see what I can do. Uh, a little kid uh, brought a happy meal to Jesus. Uh, and before it was over, the kid got to eat. Uh, and 15,000 other people got to eat. Why? Because he put his nothing in God's hand to become something. She said, I don't have anything 
set the pot of oil. Let me tell you something else. You, you need to look at what it is that you do have. And don't you underrate what you do have. You hear me? Don't you underrate what you do have. Come here, Adam. When this guy walked into Praise Tabernacle, I just got to be honest with you. He didn't have much to give God. He had a motorcycle. He could ride that motorcycle. He had a messed up life. I'm telling you the truth. He wouldn't even look you in the eyes. He wouldn't look me in the eyes. I had to corner him in the vestibule to get him to say, hey. He came in late and left early for about three or four services till I said, "Uh uh-uh, that dog ain't going to hunt. I told them to start service, and I hid till he walked in and said, Boo, who are you? He stuttered just like that. I'm not joking you. My name's Adam. I said, okay, what are you doing here? Well, when I was a kid, I went to one of these kind of churches for a little while. But that was over in Bakersfield, California. Pastor Mullins. I said, Brother Ronnie Mullins, one of my elders. He said, no way. I said, yeah, way. He's coming to preach for me just a few weeks. Matter of fact, he's doing our next anniversary service. Y'all didn't know that yet, but you do now. But I said, uh, what's going on? My life ain't going real good. I said, you came to the right place. And God did a work in him. Then he brought his wife. His wife had been raised in a Catholic school, wouldn't take communion there because she didn't believe what was going on. She was branded as a rebel. But let me tell you what happened. God changed both of them. Neither one of them could drive a car. They could ride motorcycles. But they couldn't drive a car. I had to teach them both how to drive a car and go get their driver's license for them. I'm not joking you. I'm telling you the real life story. But this same guy that couldn't go anything, but is now a youth pastor and the best one ever lived. You want to know why? Because God saw nothing and said, I'll make something out of it. Uh, I'll make something out of it. Just turn it over to me. Uh, Just turn it over to me. Just hand it to me and see what I'll do with it. Somebody needs to hear me today. You done wrote yourself off uh, as you can't and God won't. uh, But I'm here to tell you, uh, you can and God will. Uh, Somebody needs to start claiming a promise from God. Uh, You need to start believing a promise from God. Uh, In the middle of the night, you begin to think, God, could you? Yes, God can and yes, God will. Incredible power of nothing. The book of 1 Kings, chapter 18, verse 43. On top of that mountain at Mount Carmel, they'd had a, sh- a showdown at high noon. And uh, that the man of God went and told his servant, he said, go and look and see if there's any clouds up there. Because he just said, get off this mountain. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Now, those of you that have never been down south much don't know what it's like for a thunderstorm to roll in out of nowhere. You can be fishing out on a lake and there ain't a cloud in the sky 
and you're just fishing away, and all of a sudden you feel a little gentle breeze start to blow, and you think, oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Just hang around. You don't get in a big hurry to go anywhere, and all of a sudden you look, and there it comes. And there's a squall coming across that water, and you're saying, oh, run now. It's too late to run. Just sit low in the boat. That storms are coming out of nowhere. But, we see, we live in the desert. We know three days before it's going to rain out here. And then it's not going to rain because the wind's going to blow it out of the way. Really, they'll tell you three, four days, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. Look, if we get a 20% chance of rain, we start shouting. It's that way every day down south. When it gets to 80%, you might get a sprinkle. They don't give you much hope down there. But he said to his servant, read. And he said to his servant, go up now. Look toward the sea, and he went up, and he looked and said, there is nothing. There is nothing. There are times in your life, and I close with this. They come to the music. There are times in your life you're going to believe God for something, and you're going to see nothing. And the devil's going to say, how'd that work out for you? You're going to say, it ain't worked out yet. It ain't over yet. It's not over yet. Well, you said my husband was going to be saved. You said my wife's going to be saved. You said it ain't over yet. They're still breathing. You hear me? They're still breathing. Yeah, but you said I was going to be healed. You're still standing. You hear me? Well, you said I was going to get this promise. I was going to get that. Let me tell you something. It's not in your time frame. It's in his time frame. It's not on your schedule. It's on his schedule. God knows exactly what he's doing and when he's going to do it. We want him to do it right now or either tell us when it's going to happen. The Bible says that weeping endureth for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You know what we want? We want God to tell us how long the night is. Stand with me. We want God. Now, God, if you tell me how long the night is. Now, God, if you tell me it's going to be three months, I'm okay. Because, you see, you're going to condition your brain to think three months, and you're going to miss what God wants to do. You're going to miss the spontaneous move of the Holy Ghost. You're going to miss what God was trying to do. The prophet's servant came down and he was muddy, he was dirty, he was scratched up from falling down those rocks and he said, nothing. He said, go again. I just came back. He said, go again. He went and looked again. He come back down that hill and he said, nothing. He said, go again. Now I'm going to tell you something. That had to be a good servant. Because most of us about the third time of a nothing we're done. What good does it do to me? Keep looking. Nothing's happened. Go again. Somebody say, go again. Somebody else say, go again. Look at your neighbor, say, go again. Look at your other neighbor, say, go again. Today's the day. Oh, somebody needs to hear me today. There's a miracle on the way in this house today. God's getting ready to do something for somebody in here today. But you're going to have to go again and go again and go again. Naaman had leprosy and he was told to dip seven times. You know what happened on the sixth time? 
nothing. Are you willing to do what God wants you to do? I'm asking somebody here right now. Are you willing to do what God wants you to do? Are you willing to have faith again to get up one more time and say, Hey, God, I prayed about this before, but today I'm going to drag my nothing to that altar, and God, I'm bringing it to you right now because, God, I, and I'm not through preaching. I'm just going to stop because now it's what God wants to do. You need to bring your nothing right here and say, God, I'm staying right here till it becomes something. I'm bringing my brokenness till it becomes wholeness. I'm bringing my sickness till it becomes healing. I'm bringing my failure till it becomes victory. I'm talking to somebody today. You may have been a victim in the past. Drag that victim to this altar and leave here victorious. I'm telling you, come on, come on, come on. There's more of you need to move. There's more of you need to be in this altar today. You need to beat out here saying, God, I'm giving it to you today and believing you to do everything you said you do. Come and do it. Come on. Talk to the Lord.
He can make something out of it. He can change everything when you bring Him your nothing. When you surrender your nothing to Him, God can make something out of your nothing. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Be here Tuesday night for Bible study. We're believing God for another move of the Holy Ghost here. Prayer at 7, Bible study at 7.30 Tuesday night. God bless you.